I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. In India, bislery is synonymous to packaged water, and why not? As per the market figures, bislery is India's largest packaged water company. But this water company, which was formerly owned by Parle, might have a new home soon. How soon? We aren't sure just yet. Bislery is expected to be acquired by Tata Consumer in a deal worth rupees six thousand to seven thousand crores. The current management will remain in place as a part of the agreement for two years, according to the Economic Times report. But this news isn't exactly a surprise to us. Ramesh Chauhan, the mastermind behind Bislery's immense success in India, is now eighty-two years old. And has been in indifferent health in recent times. Moreover, the news about Tata wanting to acquire Bislery made the headlines back in September itself. Although a question arises: If Bislery is such a huge success, then why sell it to the Tatas? Well, in addition to the Chauhan's health issues, he also disclosed to the Economic Times that his only daughter, Jayanti Chauhan, has no interest in taking over the family company, which simply means. He has no successor to carry on the legacy. However, this was not the case a decade ago. In 2012, Jayanti Chauhan, who had left the business family in 2009 to pursue her master's degree in London, came back to take on the mantle from her father, Ramesh Chauhan, who is also renowned for creating and selling iconic brands like Thumbs Up and Limca to Coca-Cola, was determined to train Jayanti to take over Bislery. But ten years later, it is quite obvious that he has failed. Now the question is, what's in it for the Tata Group? A lot of money, to say the least. According to Chauhan, as cited by Economic Times, Bislery Brands FY23 revenue is projected to be rupees twenty five hundred crore and its profit to be rupees two twenty crore. Beside that, with an unmatched distribution network that stretches from chemist stores. To airports, Bislery occupies 32% of the organized bottled water market in India. Additionally, it operates 122 plants, maintains a network of 4,500 distributors, and 5,000 trucks throughout India and its neighbors. So you see, Bislery has always shown an upward trend since the Chauhans acquired in 1969. Aside from expanding its market share. The Tata Group will also have a brand under its umbrella that has become the common man's need. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hello, I'm Manaswini, and this is the Deep Dive for 25th November 2022. Stars and celebs have all the might. But the power of fans cannot be underestimated. Surely, sometimes they are no less than a coordinated army. That's something that's at the core of the Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster story. I know, I know, we are a little late to the party. But what went down at the pre-sale of Taylor Swift's Era store is something worth talking about even now. It managed to grab the attention of several U.S. lawmakers. In fact, the latest development is. That a U.S. Senate antitrust panel will now hold a hearing on the lack of competition in America's ticketing industry. 
Taylor Swift is not just a best-selling artist. She is arguably one of the most influential pop stars globally with a ranging fandom and she makes many a few headlines. So naturally, if Taylor Swift was coming back on stage after 4 years, there was going to be a skyrocketing demand and the Swifties would agree on this. But the whole thing turned into a disaster when Ticketmaster, which is the US equivalent of India's Book My Show, opened pre-sale for verified fans. They had an expectation of only 1.5 million verified fans. Instead, they were bombarded by 14 million fans and billions of bots. And of course, as you know, the website crashed. Swifties were left waiting and waiting for hours. The lucky ones managed to buy tickets, the unlucky ones were shown error messages. So finally, around 2.4 million tickets were sold, which is a record-breaking number in itself. Yet a lot of people went home empty-handed. And then Ticketmaster also had to cancel the November 18th general public ticket sale. Before we go any further, perhaps it's best to untangle how this complex system works. The planning of tours is divided between artists and event promoters. Artists and promoters set the price of the tickets and they decide on the venues. But it's the venues that control the sales and they have the deals with ticket agencies. Now here's where it gets a little weird. Live Nation, the world's largest promoters of artists, merged itself with Ticketmaster way back in 2010. And the outcome? It's driven ticket prices manyfold. And it is also being reported that Live Nation had often coerced venues into using Ticketmaster. But in this case, Taylor was working with not Live Nation, but its rival AEG that has its own ticketing platform AXS. So you might ask, okay, then why collaborate with Live Nation? I mean, that's the argument that even Live Nation used. They said, look, we are sorry for this mess, but obviously we are the best in the business. That even our competitors want to work with us. But AEG says that they were forced to do so. because of ticketmaster's exclusive deals with the vast majority of venues on the era store so basically they claim that they didn't have a choice but even as ticketmaster blamed the high demand for this level of bungling the lesson here is about monopoly and anti monopoly and as soon as swifties figured it out they called out to other swifties on social media and pretty much initiated a takedown of ticketmaster So now Live Nation and Ticketmaster are facing the music. Lawmakers are pointing out how a lack of competition in this industry is harming consumers and leaving no incentives for companies to provide good service and they want the company to splinter into two. But if you ask me, there are some more interesting insights to this high level screw up. Of course, it's about demand and supply, but also about how even in the face of a brewing recession Fans are still willing to spend anything and do anything for their favorite musicians. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched, and produced by me, Manaswini, and my colleague Shorbury. Edited by Venkata Nand. Mastered and mixed by Ajay Rajput. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts. or wherever you listen to your podcasts we are the signal.co on instagram linkedin and twitter